Hello, and welcome to another broadcast of The Simple Truth, an outreach of Eye on the Crown Ministries, a ministry whose purpose is to present the Word of God in a dynamic and easy-to-understand manner so all men, women, and children will hear the good news of Jesus Christ and accept Him as their Savior and Lord of their life. Being a member of a family has its benefits and its challenges, especially when a family is blended due to adoption, marriage, or a foster home situation. Sometimes the children are treated poorly by the non-biological spouse or siblings and are made to feel like an outsider. But when a person is adopted into the family of God by becoming a believer in Jesus and accepting Him as Lord and Savior, just the opposite is true. The benefits of being a member of God's family is greater than the benefits of being a member of any other family on this earth. So I invite you to take out a pen and paper as we take a wonderful journey through the Word of God with your Bible teacher, Weldon Green, as he presents the Bible study series, 21 Benefits of the New Life, Part 3, based on the book of Romans, Chapter 8. For those of you who can, grab your Bibles, your e-readers, your tablets, your smartphones, and go with me over to the book of Romans, chapter 14. And I'll be reading to you from the New King James Version of the Bible. Hear the words of the Lord. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, then we may also be glorified with him. Precious Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Now, I pray that you would prepare the hearts and the ears of the hearers, that they may hear your truth, Lord, and that they may be drawn to you. In the precious name of Christ, we pray. Amen. To most people, family is important because it adds stability and significance to a person's life. And being a part of a family that is close and interconnected tends to enhance the joyful times of life and lessen the painful times. And when it comes to being part of a family, we often don't have the choice of which one we'd like to be in because we are born or adopted into it without our input. Now, people are generally proud of their family, especially when they are doing well or someone in their family is wealthy or famous, because often there are benefits that go along with being a family member of that person. And when you have a family name that is well known, people will give you opportunities and favor, whether deserved or undeserved, that others don't get simply because you are part of that family or have that family name. For instance, if your last name is Bush, Gates, Rockefeller, Kennedy, or even Trump, people will give you opportunities and open up doors for you that simply won't be opened up to others because of what your name is. And in part two of this Bible study series, we learn from the Apostle Paul that the spiritual mind brings peace 
And if you have the spirit of Christ, you have eternal life. And if you reject the deeds of the body, you will live. And this all comes about when God comes into your spiritually broken house and does an extreme makeover. Now, in the scriptures I read earlier, Paul tells us about more benefits that come with the new life in Christ and being a part of God's family. The sixth benefit that Paul tells us about the new life is if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are a child of God. Look at verse number 14. It says, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Now, there are circumstances in life that results in a child not knowing who their birth parents are. Maybe they were given up for adoption or abandoned sometime after they were born and ended up in a foster home or being adopted. And so they may feel like they are not part of that family because they look different. Even when a child is raised in a home with their birth family, they may feel like they are not a part of that family because they don't look like or act like the other members in the family. Some children don't feel love because they have never been told by their mother or father that they love them. So many children feel they have to earn their parents' acceptance by being perfect or doing something special. And their life becomes focused on pleasing their parents and the desire to hear them say, I'm proud of you. Sometimes this feeling of not being loved leads to a child's acting out or or making bad decisions to get their parents' attention. And when this occurs, there is often strife in the family between the children and the parents or between the, the parents because of the child. And when there is a lot of unresolved issues and animosity among family members, experts call this a dysfunctional family because the relationships among the, the members of the family are dysfunctional. God specializes in dysfunctional families because his children are so different and unique. But that's what makes God's children so special. And that is what he loves most about them. The more different and dysfunctional you are, the more he loves you. In fact, getting into God's family requires you not to be perfect and not to be so self-sufficient or or know it all. You don't need to be indestructible, indispensable or better than others. You just have to accept him into your life and be willing to be led by his spirit. And if you are led by the spirit of God, you receive the benefit of becoming a child of God. See, God's family is made up of a lot of dysfunctional people who were once murderers, liars, thieves, alcoholics, adulterers, drug addicts, and prostitutes. And if that wasn't dysfunctional enough, it's also made up of poor people, weak people, scared people, rich people, and abused people. It's made up of black people, white people, red people, brown people, and yellow people, and all of the nationalities and languages of the earth. But all these different dysfunctional people have one thing in common. They all have come to recognize that they are sinners and have asked God for forgiveness and has allowed Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. Now, although they have different earthly parents, 
They are brothers and sisters because they have been united with the same shed blood of Jesus. You know, I have a good friend and he's of a different race than I am, but we have become so connected as brothers in Christ that we often call one another my brother from another mother. And that's how it is within God's family. You may not have the same birth parents, but you all have the same blood, and that's the shed blood of Jesus. When you become a child of God, you become part of a family like no other family that exists on this earth. Your father God is the richest and most powerful man that has ever lived and ever will live. And your big brother Jesus loves you so much that he gave his life so you could have eternal life. And all these other brothers and sisters you have that I mentioned earlier have been told by the father to love you just as he loves you, to pray for you, to encourage you and ensure that you have the things you need no matter where you come from or what dysfunction you may have because you are now a part of God's household of faith. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You know, you should be able to call your brothers and sisters in Christ and know that you can count on them to help you out when you need help. You should also enjoy being around them without having to act like someone you're not. In other words, you should be able to be yourself because they accept you for who you are and not what you have or who you are. When you go to church on whatever day you choose to worship, it should be like a family reunion because it should be a time of, of fellowshipping with your brothers and sisters, catching up on what has happened since the last time you were together and encouraging one another and worshiping God together. My natural brothers and sisters and I are scattered throughout the country. But every two years, we make it a habit to get together because both of our parents are deceased. And so in order to ensure we maintain that, that family bond and that closeness, we have a family reunion every two years. And when we get together, it's a joyous time because it's an opportunity for us to be together and to be able to hug one another and be able to fellowship together and be in the presence of one another. And during that time, we reminisce about the good times in our lives and, and we encourage one another and, and we worship God for all that he has done for us. And that's how it is with God's family. And when you get together every Sunday or whenever you choose to worship, it should be a joyous time that you are getting together with your family. And when all of us dysfunctional people get together, we can only be made into a functional family if we are led by the spirit of God and act like children of God. When you are a son or daughter of God and are led by his spirit, you are expected to act like you are a child of God. You know, children of God have a certain way that they talk, a certain way that they treat people, a certain way that they behave. So when people see you, they will say that that's a child of God. 
And if you are not a child of God, you can fake it for only so long. But sooner or later, the real you will come out. Like when the waiter or waitress gets your order wrong or someone cuts you off in traffic on the highway. How about when someone in front of you at the grocery store line is taking too long to check out and then they wait until everything has been scanned through and then they start searching for their checkbook. Now, are you the one that's standing behind them, breathing so loud that they can hear you and exhaling out of frustration? Or are you the one that's waiting patiently because you understand that that could be you one day or that's how you would want someone to treat your father or treat your mother? In Ephesians chapter two, verse three, Paul says, among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath even as the rest in other words we were all like one of baby's bad children at one time or another before we became a christian but when we became a member of god's family we started to act in a different way matthew chapter 3 verse 20 says a good tree cannot bear bad fruit nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. In other words, you can't hide for long when you're not a child of God because your actions will speak louder than your words. The seventh benefit that Paul tells us about in the new life is that you are adopted into God's family. Verse number 15 says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. See, there is a lot of negative stigmas and stereotypes that are associated with the term adopted. Those who were blessed to be raised by their birth parents should feel privileged that they were not given up for adoption or abandoned. To the person that was adopted, that is the most special thing that could have happened to you. Because it means the family that adopted you had a choice in the matter. And they had a chance to observe you and to see who you were. And they chose you and adopted you anyway. And that required an even greater love on their part to decide to bring you into their family, even though they were not your birth parents. Now, I believe it takes a special kind of godly love for a family to adopt a special needs child, knowing up front the challenges they will face and the sacrifices they will have to make, probably for the remainder of that child's life. You know, there was the story about a second grade class that were discussing family likenesses as they looked at a portrait of a family. One little boy in the picture had different hair color than the other members of the family. Now, one of the second graders suggested that the boy in the picture was adopted. And then a little girl quickly spoke up and said, I know all about adoption. I was adopted. What does it mean to be adopted? Asked another child. The little girl responded, it means that you grew in your mommy's heart instead of in her tummy. 
See, it doesn't matter what your past is or what family you came from and why your birth parents gave you up. The circumstances and family you came from is not as important as the family you're going to. Because all of God's family is made up of adopted people just like you. When Paul wrote in this 15th verse that we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, he was referring to our relationship status with God and our assuredness of his unconditional love for us. When Paul wrote in this 15th verse that we have not received the spirit of bondage to fear, he was referring to our relationship status with God and our assuredness of his unconditional love for us. See, living by the law is like being an adopted or a foster child that always had to act good and, and do what they were told to do or else they had the fear of being punished. So they always have this fear and feel like they have to be special to win the love or acceptance of their adopted or foster parents. But the benefit of the new life in Christ and living under his grace and truth means even though you are adopted by God, you are treated like one of his blood children. So no matter what you do or how bad you act, he's not going to stop loving you or give you back to the world's orphanage. You should have peace of mind in knowing that God's adoption is permanent. Second Peter 1 and 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God had a choice. He could have left us on our own struggling spiritually to survive in this world or adopt us and make us one of his. I'm so glad he chose to adopt us. See, he knew about all of our faults, our hangups and problems. He saw how mean and low down we were. He knew all about our past addiction and abuses and transgressions. For some of us, we were even a spiritual special needs child. But despite all that, he decided to adopt us anyway. He wanted us so bad, no price was too high. Even sacrificing his own son for the Bible says in John chapter 3 verse 16 that God so loved you, that God so loved me, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. See, another privilege of being a child of God is that you get to call him daddy. Paul says we cry out, Abba, Father, which is a more intimate and personal expression that means my father or, or daddy. Jesus called God Abba, Father, in, in Mark 14 and 36, when he asked God if the cup of suffering could be taken away from him. You can call on your daddy anytime and for anything. You can tell him things that you can't tell anyone else. And you can be assured that he will never let you down or abandon you. When President Barack Obama was in office, his chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was General Martin Dempsey, the highest ranking officer of the United States military. But whenever General Dempsey came to the White House to talk with President Obama, 
he had to make an appointment. And when he came into the Oval Office, he addressed the president by Mr. President. He didn't call him Barack. He didn't even call him Mr. Obama. But out of respect for the office, he called him Mr. President. But when Malia or Sasha talked to President Obama, they didn't have to call him Mr. President. They just called him Daddy. See, they didn't need an appointment to see their father. All they had to do was text him or, or call him and say, Daddy, I want to talk. And you can bet that he would stop whatever he was doing to talk to his daughters, no matter how well someone may feel they know him or how close they think that they are to him. They can't call him Daddy. That's reserved only for his children. It's the same way with God. Everybody can't call God daddy. That is a privilege that only his children have. Galatians chapter 4 verse 6 says, And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Now the eighth benefit of the new life is that you are an heir to the riches of God. When Paul penned these words, he had in mind the Romans concept of adoption. See, to the Romans, when someone was adopted into their family, they had the same rights as the naturally born children. That included being an heir to the family's wealth and anything else given to the children. When you become a part of God's family, you don't have to worry about other members not knowing who you are or, or missing out on your inheritance because the Holy Spirit knows who you are. And verse number 16 says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. It's, it's like going to a family reunion and seeing a bunch of people you don't know. I mean, we've all been in that situation before, but there is always someone there at the reunion that seems to know everyone. And so they take you around and introduce you to the family. And what they're doing is verifying that you are a member of the family. And that's important because you have people who sneak into family reunions to, to get the goodies and the food without being a member of the family or having been invited by a member of the family. And so members of the family will ask each other, who is that person? And nobody seems to know. But that person is going around having a good time, pretending like they are part of the family and that they recognize certain people in the family so they won't be exposed and thrown out. But when you are a true member of God's family, the Holy Spirit lets everyone know you are a legitimate member of the family. And we are all a spiritual family because we share the same shed blood of Jesus. So no matter where you're from or your status in life, you become part of God's family with all the same rights and benefits as everyone else in the family. Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 and 29 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Let me tell you, friend, the benefit of being an heir is receiving something valuable. But if all you inherit is 
debt or junk or bad memories, you're not an heir. You're a victim. Some of you will remember the opening lyrics of the Grammy winning 1972 song by the Temptations entitled Papa Was a Rolling Stone. Those opening lyrics says it was a third of September that day I'll always remember because that was the day that my daddy died. I never got a chance to see him, never heard nothing but bad things about him. Mama, I'm depending on you to tell me the truth. Mama just looked at him and said, son, Papa was a rolling stone. Wherever he laid his hat was his home. And when he died, all he left us was alone. See, there's no benefit in being an heir if what you receive from your father is of no value. See, the benefits God has stored up for his heirs are priceless, matchless, and endless. You can't use them up and you won't find anything that is more valuable. You can live in a million dollar home. You can drive a hundred thousand dollar car. You can wear a two thousand dollar outfit. But none of that can compare to one day in God's kingdom because being with Jesus is priceless. Having the peace of mind that only God can give is priceless. Having joy that is everlasting is priceless. And being assured that you will be with God in heaven forever and ever and ever, priceless. James chapter 2 verse 5 says, listen my beloved children, has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Whatever riches Jesus receives, you receive because you are an heir and joint heir with him. That's what the Bible says. Now, the ninth benefit of the new life in Christ is that you will be glorified with Jesus. Verse 17 says, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Now, as a member of God's family, there will be suffering along with the benefits. But as a child of God, the suffering just enhances the benefits. Second Timothy chapter three, verse 12 says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You can't get away from it. People will both hate you and be jealous of you because of the family you're in. They will do things to try and make your life hard or cause you problems. They did it to Jesus and they will do it to you. When you become a member of a family, you can't expect to only share in the good times of the family and not the bad times. That's not how families operate. Job said it like this, shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? 
See, families stick together when things get hard. And the harder they get, the closer the family should become. Because when it's all over and when it's all said and done, everyone will want to share in the celebration and be proud of the part that they played. So hang in there and don't think that you're going through tribulations all alone or that what you are going through is something unique. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. When you say to God, Lord, I can't take anymore, he says, yes, you can. When you cry out to God and ask, how much longer will I go through this? He says, a little while longer, my child, because he has a plan and he wants to ensure that as one of his children, you will be able to grow strong in your faith and be able to help someone else you encounter that is going through the same thing. God knows how much you can take. He knows how much you can bear. And so he will allow you to go through these things to ensure that you are prepared for the next great adventure that he has for you in your life and in your Christian walk. And he also wants you to be able to share with others that you have a loving father that cares about you, that did not let you down when things really got bad. And you can show them how he brought you out, that they will learn to trust him as well. You know, there's an old saying many people use, no pain, no gain. Now, the saints of God says it a little differently. We like to say, you see my glory, but you don't know my story. You may see me shout, but you don't know what it's all about. You can't wear the crown of glory without first experiencing the crown of thorns that pierced the head of Jesus as he died on the cross for our sins. Well, but on the third day. He rose from the grave with all power in his hand. Now he sits on the glorified right hand of God, pleading our case as our brother, as our blood brother, so that we won't be condemned. And every time a condemnation is brought before God, Jesus just shows him the blood and he says, Father, this is your child and who I died for. And God will say, charges are dismissed. Well, listening friends, that's all for this week, but I hope this week's broadcast has been a blessing to you. It has encouraged you to either seek a closer relationship with God or accept Jesus as your Savior. There is no greater or more fulfilling decision you will ever make in your life than this. When you confess your sins and ask God to forgive you for your sins, the Bible says he will cleanse you from all unrighteousness that is in your life, both past and present. Then he will adopt you into his worldwide family of believers. And the good thing about being in this adopted family is that you will never be treated like a stepchild, an adopted child, or an outcast. You will be loved and treated like a blood relative because you will have the same blood running through your spiritual veins as your new family members have. That is, the shed blood of Jesus on the cross. 
So dear friend, I encourage you to accept Jesus as your savior and let him be Lord of your life. The Bible says it's as simple as acknowledging your sins before God and asking him to forgive you for those sins. Then ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Lord and savior. For the Bible says in Romans 10 and 13, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now I invite you to visit our ministry website and explore our other resources at www.iontheCrown.org. Also, feel free to send me an email through the contact us link on our ministry website and let us know how the broadcast have made an impact in your life or what we can do to improve them. Your input will be welcomed and greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening and join me again next week for part four of the Bible study series, 21 Benefits of the New Life. Now have a blessed and prosperous day. God bless you.